Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Broadsword, and we're here today to talk about DC Comics. This week we're discussing the story behind Green Arrow Volume 7, Number 8, written by Joshua Williamson with pencils from Phil Hester and inks by Eric Gapster. This issue is cover dated March of 2024. Today is January 29th of 2024, and this is the DC Comics History Cast. Let's go! By way of introduction, this is not an attempt to tell you what to read. That's already being done elsewhere, and done pretty well, I should add. Nor is this an attempt to review comic books, although I might do a little bit of both of those along the way. My purpose here is to help you fill in the gaps in your knowledge so that you get the most enjoyment possible out of your DC comic books. Each week, I take one book from DC's output for that week and break down anything you might need to know about the characters, References and events in that issue. Advance warning, there are sure to be spoilers. Now, very few things excite me like comic book continuity being followed or maintained. And right off the bat, on the very first page of this issue, there is a nice bit of continuity with the Birds of Prey book, where Connor Hawk bemoans the fact that he can't contact Dinah Black Canary Lance because she is off on a mission with her team. But I might be bearing the lead here. The big news at the start of this issue is the apparent death of Oliver Queen, a.k.a. Green Arrow. Green Arrow has been around in some fashion since 1941, when the character debuted in More Fun Comics number 73. He was created by Mort Weisinger and George Papp, and was, in that first appearance, a long way from the Ollie that we have all come to know and love over the years. The original Green Arrow, what I'm going to call the pre-crisis on Infinite Earth's Earth 2 Green Arrow, or more simply, the Golden Age Green Arrow, was clean-shaven and was not very well fleshed out nor realistic, let alone appealing to adult readers. No, back then, comic books were mostly meant for kids. I'm lucky that comics and their characters have grown up along with their readers, particularly during my lifetime. But to get back to the point, Oliver Queen has come a long way in the 83 years since he first appeared. Several iterations later, which I won't delve into because it would only serve to muddy the waters, we find Ollie with the son, Connor Hawk, who also appears under the nom de guerre of Green Arrow. Oliver also sports a sharp Van Dyke beard that is kind of his calling card, and has formed a tight romantic relationship with Black Canary. One big difference between this current Green Arrow and Black Canary and what was true in the past is that the characters are not now, and never have been, married. That aspect of their romance was done away with when the New 52 launched. It should also be noted that Roy Harper, also known at various points as Speedy, or Arsenal, or Red Arrow, is not Oliver's biological son. Much like the relationship between Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne, where Bruce served as the younger man's mentor, Roy was Oliver's ward and has grown, despite some big-time bumps in the road, into a fine young man and crime fighter in his own right. This is also not Ollie's first brush with death. Back in the original Crisis on Infinite Earths from 1985, the Golden Age Green Arrow was murdered by the Anti-Monitor Shadow Demons. Furthermore, the Silver Age Green Arrow, or the most popular iteration of the character before the current one, died in an explosion in Green Arrow Volume 2, number 101, in 1995, 
only to be brought back to life by his close pal Hal Jordan in Green Arrow Volume 3, Number 1. Written by filmmaker Kevin Smith in 2001 as part of a great storyline called Quiver. So here we have Ollie apparently done away with by an assassin named Onomatopoeia, a weird fellow who makes sounds with his mouth that match the actions he is taking. For example, when he fires a gun, he actually says, bang, and so forth. His attack on Oliver draws the ire of Connor Hawk, who tracks Onomatopoeia to a meeting on a yacht between the killer and another well-known Green Arrow villain named Brick. Connor crashes the boat he is driving into Brick's yacht, disabling the latter craft and starting the slow sinking of the same. Once Connor boards the yacht, a fight between Onomatopoeia and the young hero takes place, which ends when the villain appears to shoot Connor in the head. Brick panics and attempts to flee, beginning to climb up the ladder to a helicopter which is hovering nearby and calling out to Onomatopoeia that he, quote, Never liked you mysterious serial killer types, but Waller will work with anyone, right? End quote. As Brick climbs the ladder, it is cut down by a verdant-hued projectile, and the next panel, Oliver Queen stalks toward Brick in Onomatopoeia's costume. Oliver claims that his demise in the fight between him and his son was a ruse designed to find out who the killer was working for. Two heroes, known as Green Arrow, disable and question Brick, who reveals that Roy Harper, who is presumed missing, is actually working for Amanda Waller. Now this ties in with DC's currently ongoing universe-wide crossover, Titans, Beast World, which I will get around to giving you the lowdown on one of these weeks. Suffice it to say, to get the full story about what is happening with Roy Harper, we are going to have to read Beast World. I promise we will get to it. For now, however, let's continue our discussion on Green Arrow. Bethany, welcome to this week's podcast. What did you think of this issue? Just wow. There's, there's, there was a. It's not that there was a lot in the issue. There was just a couple of, of really big moments. Give you a lot to think about. Uh, you know, right off the bat, Ollie's dead, and that was uh, like, whoa. You know mm-hmm. what happened? And then he's not dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a cool moment when he popped up and was like, what? Well, I didn't think it was, I was, I was more confused than relieved at that moment. And so I had to go back. I went back once I read through and I, I went back and looked, you know, I had to go panel by panel to really try to pan out to see what was, see what was going on. When Ollie popped up, I thought that I had just completely missed something mm-hmm. and I stopped there and then I went back and it still wasn't there. So I went on and then I realized if I had just turned the page. It all would have the been clear. explanation would have been would have been all there. The other big drop, the one that really got my attention, was Amanda Waller's name and uh, her supposed in, involvement in what's going on. Although I have a really hard time believing that Amanda Waller would give out an order to kill all superheroes. You, you know, <laughs> I'm more familiar with Amanda Waller from the Suicide Squad uh, from the '80s run. Um, and I really enjoyed that run and I really liked her character in that run. Uh, it's fantastic. It, it really is. If you haven't read it, you should definitely check it out because it's really great. And, you know, what was really awesome about that was to see her growth as a person from being a, a cold blooded, basically evil person throwing people at, impossible problems and not caring if they die or not 
to somebody who could still be a, you know, a hard person, but mm-hmm. having the depth to know what it was she was doing, like what she was actually asking people to do and what it was costing them and what it was costing her to have them do it. Oh, that's a good observation. So, and I know she's been portrayed without that growth in some of the, uh, the meat, the movies mm-hmm. that have come out, in the TV shows, right. in the TV shows. And, you know, it's strange to see her go back to being this two dimensional bad guy that, uses national security as a way to live out their, their, their mental fantasies, you know, cause they've got mental issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that this isn't going to be one of those situations where she's, she doesn't have any depth. Um, but I, I'm actually really interested in seeing where that's going with them. I think that a lot of your questions will be answered, maybe not in a fashion that you would like, meaning that you might not like the answers. Um, but in, in the current series, which is a company-wide crossover called Titans Beast World. Titans is a reference, a name check to the grown-up teen Titans like Nightwing and Donna Troy and Garfield Logan. I think that he is in some ways, I'm sure unintentionally, but is the instigator behind the plot of, in this story. And Amanda Waller is heavily involved as well. So we'll have to read that. And I, I don't like to read crossovers piecemeal. A big story like that, I like to sit down and read all the pieces at one time, read it together. So we'll probably cover that for the podcast the week that the last issue comes out. Okay. So get ready for that. Be prepared. I have a, a love-hate relationship with uh, Green Arrow. I know you do. The man has issues. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. No, he's far, far from perfect. But uh, So I'm not very familiar with, with Connor. Okay. And, uh, you might, you might want to say for those listening who aren't familiar with Ollie what some of those issues are. Mostly, he's a womanizer. He is a big womanizer. Yeah, or has been. I don't know if that's still the case in the new in the new iteration, but he has been in the past a big time womanizer. Yeah, he's he's a big time womanizer, and uh, can generally just be stubborn and disrespectful to everybody, especially um, Dinah. Especially Dinah, but he can also be stubborn just about stupid stuff. I will say, though, I find this interesting, that after Justice League Cry for Justice by James Robinson, who I've talked about in the past, my my love for his writing, when Ollie shot Prometheus in the head with an arrow, I and, was, and then Dinah was kind of turned him in, oh, you were oh, very much on I Ollie's was, side. Oh, I was very much on Ollie's side. I couldn't believe she did that. <laughs> I was like, that little, he does, oh, I was so... When he shot him in the head, I can't help it. I was just like, yeah, you know, <laughs> get that, you know, ah, oh. because that guy so deserved it. Yes, he did. He was a piece of work. And, uh, that, and that is a defining moment for Ollie Queen. And I was so angry with all of them. I just was. I was angry with, with, with Dinah. I was angry with, with just everybody who was hunting him down. I was just so mad at them. But I think now, since the reboot, none of that happened. Which, which is probably a good thing for their relationship because it 
it really put a sour note on their... It would put a sour note on everything to know that just, I'm sorry. She should have just stayed out of it. And not done any of that. Just, oh, I'm still mad at her about that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, as much as a jerk as he can be, I still like him. Uh, I find him very relatable and human and um, kind of endearing, you know, because more than Superman, certainly, or Batman, he is a very human character that has flaws and an ego and all these other things that are relatable. Yeah. You know, and it's always, it's so funny because there are so many times when he is just flat out in the wrong. Mm-hmm. And then... Like something will, will come along and I'll just get so mad because they treated him like that. It's like he's trying. He is trying to get back up. He is trying to do the right thing and you just smacked him down. You know? I, do I get know. so I do angry know. about it. Because I'm like, come on. This is a moment that he's trying not to be a jerk and you're being a jerk instead. You know, whether it's Dinah, you know, I, I it's funny. I have problems with Dinah. I know you do. I do. I think it mainly stems from that from that. It does, story arc. but she can be, you know, she can be so sanctimonious. But anyway, yes. a, a completely different topic. Different, different topic. Different topic. But um, so yeah. Besides, you know, mostly yeah, it's his it's his love life that I have the biggest problem with, and not taking responsibility for things. So I'm not very familiar with Connor. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of not taking responsibility for things, Connor Hawk is Ollie's son with a woman named Sandra Hawk. Like when he was in college, she was a conquest of his. And he claimed for many years to not know that she got pregnant. Um, I I think that the truth is that he knew that she was going to have his baby because he sent her a bunch of money. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, he knew. (laughs) He knew. So it's it has been interesting over the years to watch Oliver's and Connor's relationship form and grow. And now they have a genuine affection for each other. But that wasn't always the case. And that and that is another great example of character development and a and and even across different writers building relationships and human foibles and flaws. I mean, Ollie is one of the best written characters in comics, as far as I'm concerned, because he is such a he's a jerk. <laughs> he's a lovable jerk. He's a lovable <laughs> jerk. Yes, he's a lovable jerk. There are a lot of lovable jerks in this world. That's true. I imagine that. Uh, yeah, it would be difficult to Ollie would be difficult to work with in general, but then to be his child and trying to establish a relationship with him. When at times, Ollie probably doesn't want anything to do with you at times, you know? And then at other times, he wants everything to do with you. He, you know, mm-hmm. it, it would it would be ridiculously difficult. But it, obviously, they're trying and they've made some success. Yes. If, if what we can read is true. Um, so I wonder what they're going to do from here. Well, they're going to have to do something about Roy. Yeah, I was just thinking because Roy, and according to the bad guy, which you don't know if you can rely on for information or not, really. I think you can in this case. But, you know, Roy, well, it sounds like something Roy would do. It does. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because I honestly, out of the three of them, I think 
Roy is probably the least dependable. <laughs> I would probably agree with that. Um, he is a screw up. He is. He is. Uh, he's, but but his heart is in the right place, and he wants to be a good guy. He tries sometimes. To be, he tries sometimes. Sometimes I think that he just throws in the towel and. <laughs> yeah, he's another one that. Likes the ladies. He does like the ladies. He does. He likes all the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotten him in trouble in the past. Yeah, you think he'd learn, but uh, you know. But yeah. again, he's a, he's a good character, and he is very relatable. Yes. Um, he's a hothead. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's funny how many hotheads are in that one place. Yeah, you know, in, in, in the Arrow family. Yeah, because yes. they're all hotheads. Yes. Well, Connor is the exact opposite. He's a very zen kind of guy. Like he only uses violence in extreme circumstances, which his life is full of. But for for most of, if he was living a life like you or me, he would be very peaceful. He was raised in a monastery. He, he's a the exact opposite of his dad and Roy. You know, it's funny um, about the. You know, the Green Arrow family. Black Canary is is very much... They present her character as being so zen, you know, into the martial arts and, you mm-hmm. know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if zen is the word, but she's definitely into the martial arts. Well, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. That kind of character. I, I do know Where saying. everything is contemplated in a cool, rational mind. But no, she's actually a hothead. Yes. She just disguises it as being calm and rational, but she is definitely not calm and rational. I would agree with that. She's a hothead, just like Oliver, <laughs> just <laughs> like uh, Roy. <laughs> so, yeah, they're just, they, that must be a fun family night, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, my gosh, I can't imagine. <laughs> can you imagine trying to play Monopoly with them? <laughs> Who would flip the board over first? <laughs> It'd be a run. <laughs> yeah, right? It, it could be any of them. So there we have our discussion on Green Arrow, Volume 7, Number 8. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and take care. 